Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking with Dr. Jacob Humans about encouraging and supporting youth leaders. It is not an overstatement to say that adults who are champions for youth ministry are critical for healthy youth ministry. Well, it's critical for there to be youth ministry at all. Um, adults are just such a uh, vital part of what happens in caring for young people in congregations. And without adults who are willing to spend their time and energy loving kids and sharing the gospel with them, youth ministry simply wouldn't be possible. So we are incredibly grateful for the many adult leaders, lay and professional, who serve in the ministry or in these ministries in our congregations. Uh, Hopefully, people who are listening to this this podcast and have been listening to this podcast, we are uh, incredibly grateful for you. Um, I think Mark and I have both experienced uh, youth leaders who were uh, adult leaders who were critical in our growing up years. Um, for me, I had uh, an amazing DCE, Jim Bradshaw, who was uh, who serves in our congregation, who was, who was that leader, um, but so many lay leaders as well, <laughs> um, who I continue to stay in touch with, who are, who are vital to me uh, in my junior high and high school years in youth ministry. Mark, anybody stand out for you? Absolutely. We are blessed to have a commissioned lay minister in my congregation who just cared for young people and was just always there for us, um, pointed us to the love of Jesus and God's truth and his word. And just, just, I mean, I think that ministry of presence too for us in difficult times, but also great times too. And I was in a conversation with my wife the other day too, and thought about, we had such great Sunday school teachers too, who really opened the scriptures for us um, and, and really had us dig in deep. And I think of those important lessons I got to learn even as a younger child too, in my congregational ministry, which I was really blessed to have and give thanks to God for them. And certainly those uh, supportive adults who lead in youth ministry are often those who work <laughs> with little thanks or encouragement. I know as growing up, I certainly did not thank them near as much as I should have. And I always think of now. Oh, if I, I know could... I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I just always wish now I could write them that thank you letter that I owed them years ago or have those ways that I could reach out to them. And we know teens are, are funny, they're caring, they're thoughtful and passionate. Um, but they are not often the ones who share the praise regularly or also to those adults who lead them. Uh, and so instead, these adults serve young people from a deep passion for sharing the gospel with young people as they navigate the chaotic time of adolescence. And sometimes they may do so without those words of encouragement from others. So in Connected for Life, uh, Dr. Jake Humans shared a chapter on encouraging youth leaders, uh, both the, the reader of the book <laughs> and also encouraging other youth leaders. Uh, and we wanted to invite him to end goals to do uh, a little bit of that. So uh, Dr. Jacob Humans has served as youth and family minister in Hawaii and California. And in July of 2009, he started uh, serving as director of DCE program at Concordia University, Texas. Jake has led and served on mission teams to every continent except Antarctica. So jealous. Authored <laughs> four books and has, had, and has spoken to groups of youth and adults all over the world. Most importantly, he's married to a teacher, artist, and musician, and has two princesses, Maylee, who is 17, and Leilani, who is 16. Uh, he made sure to let us know they had right ages because they are both dry now. That's so, correct. That's young, correct. Youth in his household uh, and in his ministry. Uh, we're so grateful uh, for you to be here, uh, Jake. Uh, and so to get us started, tell us a little bit about your vocations and things that bring you joy. Absolutely. So 
uh, husband and uh, father is going to be the two things that bring me the most joy. And I, I do have to say, uh, Miley is how you pronounce really? the, ol- the oldest no, one name. My apologies, Miley. No, 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 no. It's, it's Hawaiian names. And the fun thing is, my joke is they have Hawaiian names, were born in California, and now live in Texas where nobody pronounces their ga- names properly. So, uh, Juliana, you'd fit in very well in Texas. You'd fit in very, very I well have, in Texas. I empathy as someone whose name is also often mispronounced. <laughs> no, but the fun thing about their names, and this is a big tangent, but I know you guys love tangents. Uh, Jacob, as you both know from Hebrew, means ankle grabber. So I always hated my name. So giving my kids names that had cool meanings was always very important to me. So in Hawaiian, Miley means special blessing. It's her name and her job description. And Leilani <laughs> means heavenly flower because she is. Oh, that's awesome. So we would have, we're so thankful again for the many vocations and way you serve in the church and serve young people. But we also like to bring when our guests come on to hear a little bit about your own journey to servant leadership in the church. Like yeah. Maybe what were some key moments from your youth or Jesus brought you closer to him or the church or some key people maybe that invested into you as a young person? Oh, th- thanks for asking that. I, I am lifelong nerdy Lutheran boy from preschool through my master's, all LCMS education. So whatever I am, it's their fault. It is 100% their fault. But uh, I, we moved around a lot, fairly nomadic uh, from Minnesota to Ohio to uh, California to Nevada. Uh, never lived in the same house more than five years until uh, my wife and I got to Texas 12 years ago. Um, but uh, uh, so never really had that that youth minister, that DCE, that, that kind of person, but was able to get involved in different things at school and through LYF and some different leadership things at the district and, and even at synodical levels. And really, man, if you if you go back and look at my high school yearbook, my senior year yearbook, which I do not recommend, but if you somehow were able to get a hold of that for a career, it would say undecided, which for those that know me is so bizarre because I'm a pretty decisive person, but really rest with that column ministry. And if you would have asked me at 18 what I was going to be when I grew up, I would have said a major league baseball player or anything but a church worker. (laughs) So now that I train church workers for a living is proof that you never tell God no. I love hearing you talk about uh, your passion now as you have really um, stayed in that Concordia, Texas training DCEs for a while now um, and doing a fantastic job of it. Oh, thank um, you. As you help train up DCEs, many of whom will go on to serve in youth ministry, it mm-hmm. may seem like kind of a silly question. <laughs> why is youth ministry so important? I mean, obviously Mark and I are convinced, but um, maybe a good reminder for other listeners. Um, good. Why is youth ministry so important? I love a good silly question. No, let, 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 let's start with this. Let's go back and let's define adolescence for just a moment. The word adolescence literally means not an adult and not a child. And what's so confusing and complicated with that definition is psychologically, you cannot tell people what something isn't. You have to tell them what something is. And in the word that we use to define that age group, we use a word that does not define anything, not an adult, not a child. So that confusion, that complication is the perfect opportunity for a loving, caring adult to walk with them, to help guide them, and in all of that, point them to Jesus Christ as as Lord and Savior. One of my mentors says it like this, and I love this idea, is that uh, the, the day of the sage on the stage is over. And it's more about the guide on the side. And I've always loved that idea in youth ministry. That's why youth ministry is so important. 
And we certainly saw that. I mean, I think those close relationships that get connected with older adults or even uh, young adults in their life that help walk them through those situations, uh, the trials and also the joys of life. Um, Absolutely. Those life stories have been so important, those, the, that relationship connection that gets made uh, for young people. And, you know, as we talk about these adult leaders who have served and invested in us, um, we just, again, encourage those that are making that walk. And, and want to take some time to talk about that, Jake, maybe specifically talking about youth ministry at times can be emotionally, spiritually, and physically training. Um, Amen. And maybe Amen. specifically, what aspects, aspects of youth ministry with Gen Z do you think are particularly yeah. challenging for youth readers yeah, right yeah. now? And maybe what encouragement would you give them? Oh, man, thank you for bringing that up. So uh, I love to tell people that uh, I've got a couple of Gen Z experiments at home, and it's so much fun to get to, to, to not only study and learn about this, but get to see it uh, every day. So um, a couple of key things with Gen Z. Uh, number one, they're the most connected generation, but the most lonely generation ever. Uh, so I think the opportunity for the church to come in with, with significant and real relationships is incredibly crucial right now. Uh, they also are statistically the most entrepreneurial generation. They love the idea of problem solving. Uh, one article I read, and I love this idea, and, and this is not a millennial bashing statement, but in a comparison to contrasting the millennials to Gen Z, the statement was made that while millennials' dream was to work for Apple or Google, the big boys, cool, sliding to work with free food every afternoon type place, that, 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 um, that powerful institution type place, uh, Gen Z wants to be Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And the idea of entrepreneurship is a really exciting thing with this with this group. The thing that I've been telling church workers on a regular basis as we've, we've wrestled with the idea of Gen Z is give them a problem to solve. The best thing to give an entrepreneur is a problem to solve. Now the trick is going to be don't tell them what or how to do something. Just give them the problem and let, and let their wheels turn. Let, 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 let their wheels turn. Um, I think I think with Gen Z too, during during the pandemic, this is another really important thing to me, is a lot of us have been discouraged the last year and a half or so because we haven't necessarily seen width growth. And my challenge to youth minister, youth ministry types is focus on depth over width. Mm. Now is an incredible opportunity to really focus on that discipleship piece. How can we make disciples who make disciples? And that mission component will be worked in there because the more you go, the, the or the more you grow, the more you want to go. And the more you go, the more you want to grow. It's a cyclical nature thing. But if you're focusing only on width, you're going to get so frustrated, especially during a global pandemic. Depth is is more important now than ever before. Well, and Gen Z really is looking for that depth, right? They are they are not necessarily looking for easy answers. Um, Absolutely, problem solving, right? Is that Absolutely. they're um, that they're constantly challenging that. Um, are you seeing? I mean, I I'm looking at statistics and saying like are, we're seeing a huge uptick in um, mental health issues for this generation yeah. in particular. Um, how? Does that impact or how, how might you see that impacting or encourage uh, youth leaders and how might you encourage them as they struggle through that? So um, I, I'm going to say this bluntly and boldly, but hopefully vaguely enough as well. Um, just about every student that I encourage to go seek some professional counseling comes back to me a couple days later with the statement of, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. And the reality is for my chair, 
I encourage most of them, if not all of them, to just go talk to someone. Do not think that going to a professional counselor is admitting defeat. Do not think that going to someone who's going to listen and give you some, some feedback, maybe hold up a mirror uh, to, to your, your reality or situation, is a negative thing. It, it, it is a thing that is only going to make you better and stronger. Think of it like the, the going to the doctor for a checkup or the dentist for a good cleaning. It's, it, it should be part of our routine. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And for our adult leaders as well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> as, you're, as you're caring for young Absolutely. people, do that. I mean, even if it's just to go and, and make sure that you have um, the, the right mindset to be able to care for them and caring for yourself. I think that this uh, is an important thing also to think about with Gen Z is Gen Z loves diversity. And you may have heard that before if you've read anything about Gen Z. My fear is we've, we've mistranslated diversity. Diversity is not just ethnic. It's so much more than that. It's socioeconomic. It's gender. It's it's age. It's, it's generational. Uh, when you get bored, Google TikToks with Zoomers and Boomers. And there are so many hilarious, like almost comedy duos where it's a teenager and um, can, can I say old person? Is that appropriate on, on this podcast? Um, doing doing bits together. And they, they love diversity. And the way that a lot, a lot of studies have worded it is they don't just like diversity, they expect diversity. And the church has a lot to offer in that. And, and tied to a lot of what you just said, one of the things you talk about in the chapter um, is really the simple but profound thing that youth leaders can do is help youth read and understand God's word and how it speaks into their current context. So why is being able to translate faith language into the youth's context so uh, All right. So, uh, again, not naming names. I had an intern a number of years ago during our mid-year reflection. We're processing the experience thus far and what they're learning and how they're growing, all that sort of stuff. And he or she made this statement. I find when I'm in the word personally, I'm a better teacher of the word. In my 12 years of ministry or 12 years of ministry here at Concordia, I don't think I ever had to bite my tongue harder because I wanted to lovingly say, duh, <laughs> we've got to be in the word as followers of Jesus to be better teachers of the gospel. So with that on, on one side, we also have to really wrestle with the idea of what relevant is. Again, definition of relevant is related to the matter at hand. And the challenge too much is I think we, we think of ourselves as the matter at hand, as opposed to Jesus being the matter at hand. And if Jesus is the matter at hand, how can other things be related, connected, and and all about Jesus as, as the matter at hand? To go even further into, into postmodern thought and, and, and theory, uh, there's a lot of people who are afraid because uh, uh, postmodernism really isn't about an absolute truth. But my response to that is all truth has to be relative first before it becomes absolute. And again, if we view Jesus as the matter at hand, if it's all about Jesus being relative and relevant, then how does my struggles in school, how does my argument with my parents, how does getting dumped on my boyfriend, how do all of these real life things affect the matter at hand, being Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? That's great. You were, I was thinking a little bit of that you talked about, again, this um, expectation of diversity. And you were talking in your chapter about that encouragement for the youth leader to be uniquely themselves and to not worry about their age, not worry about that kind of stuff. I feel like sometimes there's a, yes. there's a tie between that about they accept diversity and they accept 
people for who they are in some ways. And I think that that is a comfort to me <laughs> is that yes. I feel like I can go and be myself with this generation yes. and be honest about who I am. And they're going to appreciate yes. that. And I guess maybe how you talk about, about not being the perfect youth leader, but being yourself. And I think there's, yes. to me, there, that's a freeing thing when I talk about it, as much. It also gives me anxiety on one side. I love that acceptance that's there. And I think this generation is so unique that way. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing to see. I'm um, interacting with them. I don't know anything about that, about maybe not trying to be that perfect youth leader. Yeah. So a couple of things there is that number one, the biggest hope for youth, youth workers today is the idea that warm is the new cool. Mm. This is, this is not mine. I wish it was mine. I, I, <laughs> I had, I had a similar thought, but never worded it quite as well as, as Dr. Kara Powell did, but warm is the new cool. And it's all about caring, all about loving, no matter what age, no matter what life experience you have, warm is the new cool. Mark, we've been friends for a long time and we used to be young and cool, yeah. but we are not anymore, man. And and thank God we're not because we can still be warm. That's right. And we can still love people where they're at and praise God for that. The, the other thing that I would say is this. Uh, for me, it's been very important. And I, I will confess to, to our listening audience that I, I'm turning 46 in, uh, in June. Uh, again, no longer cool. As you... Uh, grow in youth ministry, your metaphor has to change. When you're in, and this is, I'll, I'll tell from my experience, when I was in my 20s, I was like the big brother metaphor. When I was in my 30s, I was more of the uncle metaphor. Now that I'm in my 40s, I'm more of the father metaphor. And God willing, if I lived in my 50s and 60s, I, I'll probably be more the grandfather type metaphor. If you fit into a metaphor that they can connect with, you can always do youth ministry. It's got to be a metaphor they can connect with, but you can always do youth ministry. The challenge becomes when you're in your mid 40s, dressing and acting and pretending to be in your 20s. We've all met those guys and it's pathetic. Be who you are by God's grace. Be who you are. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Uh, what we get to see at our level is you know we interact with so many different youth leaders from across the country, and we see phenomenal youth leaders who are in their early twenties and um, and figuring it out in many ways alongside young people. And we have youth leaders who are in their I, I think the oldest person was the gathering was in their eighties or nineties. Awesome, awesome. I mean, just, um, and again, being who they are, um, being who God made them to be. Um, and, and the thing that they share in common is they, they love Jesus and they love these kids. And Absolutely. the rest of it sort of figures itself out as long as, <laughs> as, long as you stand those things. But it's, it is amazing how many times people uh, either try and be something they're not, or they try and age themselves. Oh, I can't do youth ministry anymore. Right, or I can't do youth right. ministry um, because, because of one thing or another, um, do you see, uh, what are those core things that you're going to encourage in your, in a youth leader who's, who's just wanting to be themselves? Yeah. What, it, what does it take to do that? Well, so he, here's what, back when I was in the parish in particular, when I, when I was looking for volunteers, the two biggest things I knew was, do you love Jesus? And do you love kids? If you love Jesus and you love kids, I can teach you everything else. 
but loving Jesus and loving kids and have a passion for that. That's another thing that's fun in my current role is as I'm talking to churches and church leaders around the world and, and try to match up the right worker for them, I get asked a lot or told a lot they want a worker with passion. And my loving response is, I can't teach that. <laughs> I can model it. I, I can do my best to inspire, but I, I can't teach that. But if they love Jesus and they love kids, I can teach them almost anything else. Yeah. And we know that long-term relationships bear a lot of fruit, especially we saw in our Amen. research and retention for young Amen. people in the church. So what are some of the resources or ideas you would suggest for youth ministry leaders to care for themselves not in the hopes that they ensure is healthy in youth ministry for as long as possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, such a great question. So, so number one, uh, the idea of Sabbath is incredibly important for youth workers. And, uh, my fear is breaking the Sabbath commandment gets bragged about way too much in the church. And if you think about it, it's really the only sin we brag about, which is incredibly scary, that we would have the gumption to brag about sinning in, in that way. So Sabbath probably won't be Sundays because Sundays still tend to be the day that's most active for, for most ministries and, and, and youth ministries in particular. So maybe it has to be other times, but you, you need to get that Sabbath. Uh, if anybody's interested in studying and researching Sabbath more, a couple years ago, I got a sabbatical. I got a forced Sabbath here, thanks to Concordia University, Texas. And a book that really helped me refocus and rethink that is called Subversive Sabbath. Of course, I forgot who wrote it off the top of my head, but uh, uh, you can look that up later. Subversive Sabbath. Um, in it, there's a, there's a couple of key things that that, that, that helped me rethink. Is, is, is number one, too often on Sabbath, we think about what you should do. And he says, instead of thinking about what you should do, think about what you should cease. Think about more in the sense of ceasing than doing. The other thing he said that really helped me rethink Sabbath is the idea of Sabbath being opposite day. Meaning, if you're a farmer, don't garden on the Sabbath. But if you're not a farmer, and my guess is a good chunk of your listeners aren't farmers, maybe gardening would be a good Sabbath activity for you because it's the opposite of your daily routine. So rethinking Sabbath is going to be a huge, huge, huge part in that longevity piece. The other piece is that, that, that crucial sports metaphor of your training for a marathon, not a sprint. And with that marathon versus sprint idea, it's about boundaries. It's about shutting off your phone. It's about taking vacation. And, and again, from what I understand, having friends all over the planet, Americans don't take their vacation time. And again, brag about not taking their vacation time. Take that time, unwinding, un, uh, uh, recharging, deplugging, all, all of those sort of things. And again, I'm going to say this again, we've got to be in the word personally. We've got to be in prayer personally. If we are going to be leading God's people, we have got to be people of the word and people of prayer. That's fantastic. I think that so much of when you think of that busyness of life right now is to find those breaks, to have that Sabbath, to have that rest, to have that connection with people. So you're having people who are caring and investing in you too, uh, to know that important love and, and relationship with one another is such a, a blessing. Um, and, and like we said too, I know a lot of other podcasts is that for those of you that have been in this for a while doing youth ministry, you maybe don't see it right in front of you, but we see the data, we see the stories of your investment in young people makes a huge Amen. impact in their lives. Um, and so we definitely give you that encouragement to do that. So, so Jacob, maybe just to kind of wrap up here a little yeah. bit, we have a, a lots of people who listen to the podcast who are doing their ministry behind the scenes and probably mm -hmm. without a lot of words of encouragement or support. So maybe just take some time here to uh, 
give those people some words of encouragement, support that you'd like to share with them as they care for young people? Oh, man. Thank, first off, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, youth ministers, youth workers, thank you so much for what you do. What you do is changing lives. And in changing lives, it's changing the world. We understand it's thankless a good chunk of the time. Mark, I appreciate what you said before that you wish you could go back and write letters to those, those influential people. I would humbly say you still can. And uh, again, old, been doing this for a long time. When I get emails or, or sometimes handwritten letters or Facebook posts from students that I haven't heard from in a decade or so, it makes my week. It is incredible to see that lifelong lasting impact that it can have. The other thing that I will throw out there is this, and, and, and this is crucial to me, and I think it needs to be crucial for youth workers. Um, oh man, track with me, this might be a weird metaphor, but uh, Kanye West, <laughs> um, when he got in trouble with uh, the Taylor Swift uh, fiasco at the VMAs. If you don't know about that, ask Mark and Joanna later. They can tell you all about that. But um, yeah, he, he went through major depression for a couple of years, really processing that experience and, and wondering what he could do to learn and, and grow from that experience. And there was a great interview in a magazine uh, where the interview was Steve McQueen, who directed 12 Years a Slave, and he's an he's a, a incredible, incredible director. And he asked him specifically about the Twitter Swift experience and how he grew and learned from that. And what Kanye West said was he had to surround himself with his astronaut family, people who saw the world the same way that he saw the world. And he went on to explain this metaphor of astronauts have seen the world in a way that so few people have that we've got to surround ourselves with people like that. I would humbly suggest that youth ministry is an astronaut-y sort of business, and we've got to surround ourselves with our astronaut family, people who understand, who've been there, who, who see that world in, in the same way. So I would encourage you to be encouraged in your calling. Please connect with other youth workers. Please connect with other churches, other DCEs, pastors, youth ministers, whatever it may be. The beautiful thing about having a synod, the beautiful thing about having this network is almost wherever you are. And I know there are probably some spots in Montana that nobody else has ever been to, but almost wherever you are within an hour or so drive, you can find another youth worker to connect with. Take advantage of that. We can be a support and encouragement to each other in that astronaut family kind of idea. Yeah, I think if we ever do uh, a branded item for end goals, it's going to be the thank you cards we want you to send to your youth leader. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've heard that a few times from people we're interviewing. And, um, and, and yeah, you know, we uh, maybe we'll, we'll think about that for, for future branding deals. But um, yeah, we're just so grateful uh, for you and, and the, and the service that you do um, you. there in, in training at DCEs. And we've, we've had a great gift in having on several of the DCE program directors in the oh, last Oh, man. And, they're, um, they're quite they're, a wild bunch. <laughs> they are a fantastic bunch and, and a gift to the church. And so uh, thank you so much for this and, and for, for the chapter. Uh, we encourage people to go back to, to Connected for Life and, and read the chapter and, and be encouraged in that and be an encouragement to uh, other youth leaders around you as you network with them. So thanks so much for being here, Jake. Absolutely. Blessings, guys. Right, thanks, Jake. Well, we again give thanks for Dr. Humans and his insight into encouraging youth leaders. Uh, so thankful for all of you listening to this. Um, and just some great insight in terms of how we serve Gen Z and that importance, again, of those supportive adults um, and those connections that we make as adults for young people. 
Um, and how, again, across the board, we as youth pra- practitioners can see that support for one another as we're really, we like to see we're in this together. Um, when we think about our young people across congregations as a church body, as we look at leaders like Dr. Humans, who again, moved in various places and yet still saw the Holy Spirit work in his, in his life, nurturing him to be a leader in the church today. And so the important work that you do, that it may not be, it might be for a short time or a long time, uh, but yet that's important as you encourage young people. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much we can digest about uh, Gen Z and and this generation. Uh, But the reality is that uh, in every generation, there are different things that are Mm -hmm. going on in youth ministry. Um, I think we just read uh, some uh, reports that came out from the seminary. They're like senior theses back from the 50s that we're talking about. you know, whether or not we could do square dancing in youth ministry, <laughs> right? And while that might not be the issue uh, right now, uh, the thing that's always true is that at the heart of it, it's always about um, a God who loves us and wanting to love and share the gospel in response and uh, and wanting to love young people and love them well. And uh, I love that that becomes the heart of it. And when we are thinking about that, we're thinking about our own uh, relationship with God and how God's gifted us with faith in our own spiritual practices. And when we're thinking about like, how can I just love my kids? Uh, everything else then just sort of falls uh, more into line and into better priority, I think. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes so much that ministry thinking can become the task or the doing of ministry when I love Dr. Human's enthusiasm to talk about what a blessing it is to know Gen Z and work with Gen Z that to learn from them, take their insight that they see in their culture as they're growing in their faith, um, how they share that and support their friends, those that are inside the faith and outside the faith. And what an encouragement that can be to us as the body of Christ to see already the wisdom that is being built up into them as disciples of Jesus um, and to be refreshed that God continues to call people into relationship with him um, and to be a part of the body that uh, we too can see the importance of our work, but then also see the great hearts for others that young people have and that we can be encouraged by that in a beautiful way. Yeah, I think uh, Gen Z uh, in some ways understands balance better than a lot of generations yeah. before them. And so uh, one of the things I'm, I I love is this importance of Sabbath. And I think importance to teach it, but also importance for youth leaders to be able to take Sabbath and make sure that they are um, not being prideful in the amount of uh, time and energy they're putting into into ministry and to other things um, and feeling like overwhelmed is somehow a batch of honor, but really making sure we're taking that time of Sabbath um, and away from uh, kind of the normal things of life and making sure that we are um, spending time with God and spending time in rest. Mm-hmm. So a couple of closing questions for you to think about. Uh, first, how are you helping youth see culture through the lens of Jesus. Talked about this in other podcasts, but uh, think about that importance of networking. And so how are you networking with other youth leaders, especially in a time when ministry is exhausting? And then finally, how are you making sure you are honoring the Sabbath for yourself and taking time for your own Bible study, prayer, and spiritual practice? Uh, we continue to keep you in our prayers always. We say this at the end of every podcast, but truly, uh, we pray for you on the regular. And we want you to know that wherever you are, whoever you are, however God is using you in youth ministry, we pray that God fills you with His Holy Spirit, reminds you um, of your baptism, and reminds you that you are truly and deeply loved um, and that you are 
valuable to him. Uh, and we ask that uh, God continues to use you powerfully in the lives of young people. And Gold Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFU Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or find links to resources mentioned, go to kfu.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.